going to read from verse 15 to 21. Ephesians chapter number 5, from verse 15 through to 21. We are still looking at the concluding part of the wisdom in understanding the times and the seasons that we live in. Amen. I said we are looking at understanding the times and the seasons that we live in. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15, the Bible says that, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what is the will of what the will of God is. Do not be drunk with wine wherein is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Hallelujah. So the writer of this book, Paul, was telling the Ephesians or the church in Ephesus that please see that you walk wisely. Circumspectly means soberly and not as fools. Redeeming the time, which means that if you don't redeem the time, you would live a foolish life. If you don't walk knowing the seasons and the times that you live in, you might live and sing this song, Wasted Years, Wasted Years, Oh How Foolish. Have you heard that song before? Wasted Years. You would have lived a life. But that life would have been a life of wastage. Amen. There's a story about a man who turned 87. And he was ill and about to die. And this man wrote in his will that when I die, I want you to put on my tombstone, here is the man that lived for seven years. And the people were trying to understand why he said they should write on his tombstone, here is a man who lived for seven years. And he explained to them that the reason why I want you to write on my tombstone that here is the man that lived for seven years is that I came to have an encounter with Jesus. I invited him as the Lord and master of my life at the age of 80. And I've lived up to 87 now. So as far as I have come to understand, my life did not begin until 80 when I had an encounter with him. And so I've only lived for seven years. From zero to 80 was wasted years. I pray that you don't sing that same song as that man. But you will have an encounter with God earlier. So that you will not say that all my 80 years was wasted. Uh, I don't know whether you heard what I said. But you say that I have lived a life. Like Paul said that I have run the race. I have finished the course. I have led a life. And now I'm waiting for a crown. I pray for all of us in this room. That will redeem the times. Because the days are evil. I said to you the, the last time that, you see, when, when somebody, you see somebody in the middle of winter, wearing swimming trunks, and walking on the belly road, you would think that there's something wrong with the person. Are you with me? Why? Because the time and the season that the person is, does not match the clothing that the person has on. Amen. At the same time, sometimes for us, spiritually, that's how we are. We are clothed in the wrong dress at the right time. There's a story in the Bible. In the days when kings, in the times and seasons when kings go to war, 
David was lying on his bed, relaxing and taking it easy. And then he felt like getting up and just taking a stroll, promenading on his rooftop. So, so he got up. He was taking a stroll on his rooftop. And the Bible says that he saw a woman taking a bath. Now, the scripture started by saying that in the times and seasons when kings go to war, kings are supposed to go to war at a certain time, at a certain season. You know, in life, there's a time and season for everything. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, as far as it, 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 the earth remains, harvest, seed time and harvest will never pass. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, will never pass. Which means that the seasons have been set in cycles. It's in motion. And we, 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 we understood last week that um, we use the season to gauge the time. For instance, when you have uh, spring, summer, autumn, and winter, we say one year has come. Then we go back to spring, summer, winter, and autumn. We say another year has come. So the cycles of seasons is what determines time. Am I talking to somebody? And so when the seasons come, we as in, in human beings in this part of the world, we know that every season detects the clothing we put on. For instance, nobody puts a coat and overcoat in the middle of summer. We know that nobody goes in a vest and shorts in the middle of winter, in the middle of the snow. Are you with me? Even the shops, in case you didn't know what season that you live in, the shops will tell you the season that you are about to enter in because you change the, we change the color, we change the clothing in the shops. Amen. In the same way, we need to change our behavior and our actions in different seasons. So Paul is saying that walk circumspectly not as fools, rightly dividing the times that you're living. Know what season you are in and know what the season detects that you do. Amen. Otherwise, you will see a beautiful girl having a bath. You know, it, it, that picture means that when times that kings go to war, it means that anybody who was worth anything had gone to war. Any man worth his sort had gone to war. So the men that were available were either old men or very young or men that are not anything to write home about. Are you with me? And the King David Instead of, oh, don't spoil my message. Did you hear what she said? To the back. I'm not repeating it. Now I don't even know where I was in the message. Instead of David going to war, David saw what he didn't have to see. I see. Sometimes when you look, you look at things the wrong season. You will see what you don't have to see. Yes. And not only did he see what he shouldn't have seen, he did what he should not have done. And not only, you see, sometimes when you make one mistake and you try to correct that mistake, you end up compounding the mistake and compounding and compounding and compounding. The mistakes. Yeah. 
So he slept with them, somebody's wife. They wanted to bring the man's, the wife's husband, the woman's husband home to try and superimpose his sleep on David's sleep. And the, the man said, far be it. In the season when kids go to war, that we should be defending our king, David, who is sleeping and causing trouble. He said, I will not go home. I will not sleep with my wife. I will sleep at the doorstep. Because this is the season when kings go to war. I pray that when the seasons come for you to behave, you behave the right way. Or I say, I pray that when the seasons come, you will do the right thing. You will not do the wrong thing. Hallelujah. For instance, when the season comes to marry, and you are trying to do boyfriend, girlfriend, you cause a lot of troubles for yourself. I don't know where to look and preach my message so I can go home. I want to focus somewhere that I will not be disturbed and preach and go home. Principal, you I will be quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. For those of you who don't know, we apologize. But when we come to church, we enjoy ourselves. And we are ourselves. So, don't worry. And I have a lot of backseat preachers. They will never take the microphone to preach. But as soon as you start preaching, then they want to preach the, mar- the message for you. They are backseat preachers. And when he hits them, they go, mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so where am I? He slept right at the door. Because he knew it was season to fight. Not seasons to lie with women. Amen. Sometimes as a man, you must know the season. To, even in marriage, you know the time to pray and not lie. You should know the season when you have to lie and not pray. I know a lot of people who have caused problems trying to pray when it's time to lie. And I also know a lot of people who have caused problems always trying to lie when they have to pray. Uh, I'm going to stand behind the pulpit and preach from here. For the rest of the message, I'll stand here so I don't have problems. Hallelujah. Have a balance in your life. I said have a balance in your life. Be instant in season. Hallelujah. Know your season that you're in. For instance, there are seasons that we need to plant. When the planting season comes, plant. Don't eat when you have to plant. Amen. Some of us, we eat the seeds that we have to plant. You see, maize is maize, whether you eat, you eat it or you plant it. If you plant it, it's a seed. If you eat it, it's a harvest. But both of them in your hand is maize. In the same way, money is a seed. When you plant it, it will grow. Some of us, we need to do business with some money. But we use the money to buy clothes. We use the money to eat food. You see, the room is getting quiet. Mm. I, I, see, I, I, I can switch it like this. and they all, The place will be like a cemetery. I know my people. <laughs> and I can switch it like it will become like a marketplace. Listen, if all you eat is what you have gone nine to five for, no, I'm not saying it, but Paul is saying it. You are not wise. 
Because it means you have been planted. Everything you are eating. Hand to mouth. Hand to mouth. Hand to mouth. Hand to mouth. No. You must have a seed that goes into the ground to bring you a harvest which you are not directly eating to replant for another harvest. Amen. Amen. There's a scripture I'm diverting. There's a scripture in the Bible that Abraham was rich in cattle, in gold, in silver. He was not only rich in cattle, he was a farmer. He was not only eating from his wages, but his gold, that savings, his silver, that's investments, his land, that's his assets, were all generating income. Amen. Amen. If you are here at the sound of my voice, you must understand that seasons are there to enable and help us. See, the place has gone quiet. Yeah. You must, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you must determine that you, your, the land, your land must give you their yield. Your asset must give you their yield. Your investment must give you your yield. Every aspect of your life, it doesn't matter, you, you, you don't earn money, but you get grants. You get student loan. When the student loan comes, it's not for just it. When the student's loan comes, it's not to go, go to, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Apple store to buy uh, cordless earphones. It's not uh, there to buy Nike Air Max 890. Uh, what Alexander McQueen. Uh, it is not a time to buy another jeans, pair of jeans. It's not a time to buy and to do other things. No, look at look up straight. You don't know I'm talking about you. Don't look down. Don't look, don't look down. Say if it affects you. That money is you see if you if you buy your trainers with it or iPhone, it's harvest. If you invest it, it becomes an investment that brings a yield. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. And incidentally, nobody will ask you how old you are if you are coming to invest. Which means that there is no age barrier. And nobody will say that, do you have a job? Have you finished school? Do you have a degree before they allow you to invest? Which means investment is friendly to everybody. They won't ask you what your age is, what your color is, what your race is. No, 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 no. They will say, how much do you want to invest? These are the terms. These are the yields that gives. And then you can sow. Amen. Amen. Learn to be a sower in times of sowing. Amen. Some of us we like to harvest when it's time to sow. For instance, if you are below the age of 65, if you sleep eight hours, then you don't understand the season and time you are living in. Did I not tell you that I can switch off and nobody will quiet? Listen, listen. Eight hours sleeping is for over 65. And below the age of toddlers, those who are crawling. I, am, I know in this place, especially on the left-hand side, people sleep 10 hours and 11, 12 hours on the left-hand side. You see, you see they've all gone quiet. They are, they are here. I'm in their bedroom now. Listen, I said, I don't have anything to do. What do you mean by you don't have anything to do? Uh, I have finished my exams, so it's time to sleep. You don't understand the season you are in. 
I say you don't understand the season you are in. Because this is the planting season for you, for your life. Plant information, plant knowledge, plant wisdom, plant experience, plant working. You don't have a job, but you can work for yourself. Read about how to start a business. What business can I start? What can I do? It's called sowing. Okay, let me let everybody be happy now. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so there will be a lot of joy in the place. The man saw a woman bathing on the rooftop when men have gone to war. And that caused a lot of issues for his life, for his children's lives. His children murdered their own siblings, half-brothers, brother, because of that mistake of not knowing the season and the time that he was supposed to be in. Amen. Sometimes your mistake goes beyond your generation. Your mistake goes beyond you. When you don't do the right things at the right time, it goes beyond you. There are some parents who are always barraging their children uh, 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 with, with send me money, send me money, send me money, send me money. Because in their season when they were supposed to work, they did not work. And now they are the, 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 the money that the, their, their children are supposed to use to invest for their future and the future of their children, they are asking for it. Which means that their children, their, their, their children cannot invest in their lives and they cannot invest in their children's lives. See, I, I, I have a problem. I have a problem. The Bible says honor your father and your mother. The Bible didn't say that they should demand that honor. Hallelujah. Amen. See, I have a problem. I have a problem when parents begin to put unnecessary pressure and demands on their children. Grandparents, you see the roof is leaking. Uh, uh, the electric pole has fallen down. I need money. We need money for this. We need money for that. We need money for that. We... No! No, you didn't plant at the time you needed to plant. Allow me to plant so that I don't, I don't repeat the mistake you made. Amen. Hallelujah. So my children don't suffer what I have suffered. I will honor you when I need to honor you, but don't demand it because I will not give it. Hallelujah. Because two wrongs never make a right. You have made your wrong. I am not going to perpetuate that wrong. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, allow me to finish my preaching so I can go home. Hallelujah. So, we started looking. I said a few things. Let's go through it quickly. And then we can proceed from there. Hallelujah. We said that life is measured in time. Therefore, time wasted is life wasted. How many remember? We measure time with life. This is the man who was born on the 15th of December and died on the 23rd of February. That is the lifespan. And that lifespan is captured in time. So we measure time. We measure life in time. And so when you hear somebody say, don't waste my time, what they are really saying, is, in essence, is don't waste my life. And it also means that when you spend too much time watching football, watching this, watching that, watching, you are wasting your life. Hallelujah. Number two, time without purpose is life without meaning. Number three, we measure our brief interaction on earth in time. Number four, if you don't know what time it is, you may probably be doing the wrong things anyway. 
Number five, if you don't know that what time it is, you are probably doing the wrong things and you are probably doing it with the wrong person. Amen. You see, in life, in life, you have people coming in and out of your life. How many understand that? You may have a best friend at the age of whatever, 10 to 15. That was your best friend. When you move from 15 to 16, 17, 18, you may have another best friend. And then when you move from there to maybe 21, 22, 20, you may have another best friend. And then when you move from there and to, to your uh, mid-20s or late uh, 20s, you may have another best friend. Don't keep your best friend from the age of 10 when you are t- age 30. Are you with me? Because how many know that even all of us in this room, I'm sure you, you will bear with me, with me that the friends you had in primary three, those friends may not be going where you are. Either they've gone sideways, ahead, or behind. Are, are you with me? So know that everybody that comes into your life is there for a season. And when the season is finished, do not keep them. Don't hang on to them. Some of us, we are here. Our best friend is three, 4,000 miles away. Their lives are different from yours, but you are holding on tight to them. That's why you are, you are not going anywhere. Because can two work together except they agree? Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? How many understand what I'm saying so far? So, you see, understand that this person is here for a while. You know, you may have a girlfriend. You may have had a girlfriend who was your closest. But now you are married. That girl is no longer your closest. You must find another person to be your closest. Because they are not going where you are going just yet. If you follow the advice, you may end up where they are. And be single again. Uh, I don't know what I. Okay, let me go on. (laughs) Number six. When you know the seasons and the times you are in, you will know what to do. Amen. Number, Number seven. God created man and put man in time. But he himself does not live in time. God lives outside of time. So anytime we're dealing with God, let's be careful. Because he goes to the end of time and knows what is going to happen before it starts. Amen. We went through Ecclesiastes 3. Do you remember? There's a time for everything and a season for every purpose. And I went through all the seasons of life. Do you remember? I'm not going to go through that today. Amen. But, and then we started talking about five things, five major questions you must ask yourself to understand the times and seasons you live in. Number one, who am I? Do you remember? Yes. Number two, where am I from? Number three, where, why am I here? Number four, what can I do? And number five, where am I going? I think we started... Did we do number one? Who am I? Your identity. And I said to you, your identity is not born by Mr. Prinkenstein from somewhere with some culture. That is not your identity. Your identity is in Christ, in God. Amen. Have you had families that say that we don't allow people to marry from this tribe, this country, that country, that country. Have you heard those type of things? No, no. That is a very myopic and a very backward way of thinking. To think that because we are from here, we cannot engage in this culture or that culture or the other culture. Uh, am I making sense? Yeah. Because your, your culture is not derived from what somebody told you. Do you know that we can start a new culture here? Yeah, we have. Culture is 
the first person saying one thing, and the second person agreeing, third person agreeing, fourth person agreeing, then generations agreeing, and it becomes a culture. Without even asking why we don't do this or we do this. Why do we use our right to eat and not our left? Have you ever asked that question? You say, oh no, uh, that is what we do. Who told you that's what we do? <laughs> Give me a scientific reason why you, you do that. You see that you don't have any. Because somebody told you culturally you don't, you don't greet an elderly person with their left hand. Do, do, you, do you get it? Why? If I'm left-handed, allow me to greet with the left hand. Because that's my strongest hand. But culture says, no. You can't do that. So even though you are left-handed, you must learn how to use your right to greet. It's culture. It don't make sense. Culture never makes sense. But that is what culture is. For instance, they'll say that don't whistle in the night when it's raining. What kind of... Anyway, let me leave that alone. <laughs> let me leave that alone before I get in trouble. Don't sleep. Don't sweep your room in the night. Number two, where am I from? Your heritage. I think we talked about it last week. Amen. Your heritage is in God. That is why you must take your source from him. Amen. Number three, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, God said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion over God, I mean verse 28. He blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, and subdue, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and over the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God is saying, no, go back. God is saying that the purpose for making man is that man should have dominion. He blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion. That is the purpose of man. Amen. You cannot have dominion when you don't have connection with your source. That is how come we don't fulfill our purpose when we are not engaged with God. Because God is the one that gave us a purpose. Apart from the purpose of man, all of us in this room have our own God-given purpose. God has put you on this earth to fulfill an assignment. But that assignment can only be fulfilled when you engage and encounter God to the point that God will tell you this is your assignment on earth. Until that time you may be walking in futility. Somebody says that the richest place is the cemetery. Because the cemetery has a lot of on on, on, on earth dream, on earth potentials, on top books and, and songs and inventions that was never discovered because people live and die every day without discovering their purpose on earth. Ask your neighbor, do you know your purpose on earth? Hey, I don't know whether I'm causing trouble or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ask them, do you know your purpose on earth? What did they say? <laughs> Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now, much more in my absence, continue to do, continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good purpose. Amen. According to his good pleasure. It is God. 
He said, it is for, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. That means it's God that enables you to fulfill your purpose. Amen. God has a greater purpose for your life than you think. I said God has a greater purpose for your life. Never ever live a life of myopic thinking. Me, myself, and I. Me, my family. Me, my family. There's a bigger purpose for your life. Do you know that the Wright brothers, they lived with a lot of their own personal issues as you and I. But their purpose, for, for, for argument's sake, was to create the airplane to make life easier for the entire world. Can you, can you imagine if they never fulfilled that purpose and they were worried about their marital issues, they were worried about their, their you know, mother-in-law problems, their children problems, their work problems, their office problems, they would never have invented the airplane. Amen. We will still be trying to take boats from here to Equatorial Guinea. I don't know how long it used to take them to travel from here to. to. <laughs> One of these days, when you start preaching, I'll do that to you. Amen. How many understand what I'm saying? There's a bigger purpose for your life. Never ever be blinked. All you see is here and now. The, 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 the brothers that uh, discovered the, 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 the light, what are they called? Edison, Thomas Edison, isn't it? Edison, can you imagine if Edison was focusing on his life and not fulfill the purpose of light, electricity? Can you imagine how our lives should have been by now? I pray that you discover your purpose. I said you have a bigger purpose for your life than just, just what you see. Yeah. See that thing that you've been planning to do. You have been planning that. I, I, I think I can do this. I, uh, uh, do it. I said do it. That may be the reason why you're on earth. Amen. And God works through all situations to fulfill purpose. In Romans 8.28, the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and them that are called according to his purpose. So sometimes it looks like a bad situation. There's a, there's a saying that necessity is the mother of invention. Have you heard that before? It means that sometimes you go through a certain situation and that situation you have no choice but to do something. And nothing is probably your purpose in life. Amen. Hallelujah. So learn how to fulfill the purpose that you have been called to fulfill. Amen. Remember I said to you that God is going to judge us not according to the time that we have lived on earth, but according to what we did with our lives here on earth. The time he gave, what did you do with it? So it's not, oh, uh, I have been a Christian for 33 and a half years. It doesn't count. You, you, can, you can be a Christian for 33 and a half years. It doesn't mean anything. What is important is what you have done with the 33 and a half years that you've been knowing God. Amen. I have lived through seven pastors in this place. I've been knowing God for a long time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and God has a greater purpose for your life. I said, God has a greater. Touch your neighbor and say, God has a greater purpose for your life. Tell them that God has a greater purpose for your life than you know it. Second Timothy 1.9 He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Amen. 
which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Amen. So God saves you for a reason. And he has a greater purpose for your life. Number four, what can I do? Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you have potential. Tell them you have potential. Can I give you quickly seven, seven ways of showing or enhancing your potential? Very quickly. Number one, learn if you want to enhance potential, number one, learn to be faithful in little things. Matthew 25, 23. He says that, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a little thing, few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. If you have been faithful with few things, God can trust you with a lot of things. Amen. Your potential is always in a few things. Amen. When God wanted to create over uh, nearly 8 billion human beings on earth, he created an Adam. If God wants to have a mighty old tree, he creates an acorn. If God wants to have a, a, a head of a, a cattle, he creates just one little mother and a father. Amen. Amen. Am I talking to some, somebody? Yeah. Let me show you something. You can know your potential by the things that you do very easily without even thinking about. The things that you take for, for granted. You know, you can sit there within, within half an hour, you've plaited somebody's hair that takes about two, three, four hours to do. You do it in half an hour. And you're like, oh, I'm going to look for morning cleaning to do. You don't understand. That is your purpose. That is not the morning cleaning. It's not your purpose. You, and you say, oh, that's what, I, I'm, I just, it's my hobby. It's not your hobby. Your hobby is incidental is your purpose. Not everybody can kick a football. Not everybody can kick a football. If you like, ask my son. The ball will be here. He wants to kick it there. When he kicks the ball, the ball will go here. But, but you see, but, but you see, when he also sits in front of the keyboard, Can you, can you sit there and give me some, give me some, uh, uh, some Beethoven? Just give me some Beethoven, quickly. Give me, give me some, give, give me, give me some Beethoven. Stop, 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 stop. Go and sit on the drum and give me a beat. Quickly, don't waste my time. All right, stop. You see, he cannot kick a football. <laughs> are, are, are you getting it? But he has something that he can do. I am sure if I put you behind the keyboard, you will be like somebody who cannot kick a football. Where is Prince? Prince, come. You see, this guy, he's a footballer. He gets paid for playing football. You see, the, the next Manchester United. Okay, you, you can play football very well. Go and play the keyboard. Kira, you come and stand here. Play, play Beethoven. Beethoven that he was playing. Just play it. 
Okay, go and play your drums too. Okay, come. Can you see what I'm trying to say? We will not employ him to play drums. We will not employ him to play keyboard for us in the church. But if you put this man in any team, I am sure that the team will never win. Yeah, because from, from the age of four, I've been trying to get him to kick straight up to now. He hasn't been able to kick straight. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, if I was, as a father, I'm trying so hard to get him to play football so I can get money. I'm on his case. I'm beating him. Play football, play football, play football. It's not his purpose. It's not his purpose. I have to encourage him to discover his purpose. And the thing that comes easily to him, that takes no time. You know, this guy, he never learned to play any of this instrument. I remember one day, I used to play the keyboard, then after I come and preach. Play the keyboard, then after I come and preach. One Wednesday night, I don't know if there was anybody in this church at the time. It's Dr. George. But nobody in this room. I called him, I prayed over him. And that was the beginning of him playing keyboard. It's a few years ago. Are you, are you getting it? But I can pour oil on this man. For him to play keyboard. I don't think... Uh... <laughs> Go and sit down, both of you. But you see, he started with a few notes, a few chords, but he was faithful with it. He was faithful with it. He was faithful with it. And then it's like he started adding and adding and adding and adding and adding. Are you with me? And he's, he's getting better and better and better because he, is, he keeps adding. Faithful in few, you become a ruler over many. Are you with me? Yeah. Learn, learn the, to, to be faithful in that small thing that you think is nothing. It may look nothing today, value but value it. Don't think that because I cannot kick a football straight, I'm useless. No. There is something you can do that nobody else can do. You may not be very clever. But you may be very excellent at something else. Amen. Amen. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something that God has given them. Use that purpose, that talent to fulfill purpose. Number two, be diligent in your gifts. Be diligent in that gift God has given you. Amen. God has given you a gift. Be diligent to use that gift well. Amen. Sometimes, you see, people have this notion that because they are not as good as person A or person B, they are not good. Amen. Look at Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine with me. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. very quickly. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. The man who is dedicated will excel. My, my, my verse says, see it, a man that is diligent in his work. If the man, put the, the King James version on there. See it, thou a man who is diligent in his business. He will stand before kings and not before mean men. Be diligent with that work. That little gift you have, hone in on it 
Excel in it. Go and read on it. Excuse me. How many know that when you have a little talent and you, you research on it or you school yourself on it, it gets better? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Number three, quickly. Overcome your failures. Failure stops a lot of people. Failure can be such a devastating experience for somebody. They just give up and never try again. But I've said in this room so many times that failure is part of success. Nobody has ever succeeded in anything that he never failed at. You ask Usain Bolt, he'll tell you he has run and lost many a time. But he's the record holder of 100 meters. There's been some times he failed to start or he first started. Or he got, he got beaten at the start. He fell down. Yeah. But he was not embarrassed. He got up and tried again. Amen. 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 Learn to get up. Dust yourself out. And keep walking. Hallelujah. Amen. I said dust yourself up. And Proverbs 24, 16 says that for the righteous man shall fall many times. But rise up again. Amen. The righteous will fall many times. Seven times and rise again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. Amen. Number four, avoid procrastination. They say procrastination is the thief of time, isn't it? Tomorrow. I will do this. Tomorrow I will do that. Tomorrow I will do that. Tomorrow I will do that. Tomorrow never comes. I will start a gym exercise tomorrow. I will start dieting tomorrow. Today I'm going to eat my last and start tomorrow. Today is my last day. My cheat day. I know some people, their cheat day never finishes. He <laughs> said, I'm going to have a, a, what is that thing again? Cheesecake. Today I'm going to have ice cream and cheesecake. My last ice cream and cheesecake. The next day when you come, the ice cream and cheesecake is still there. My last one, ice cream and cheesecake. <laughs> it's, part, it's part of the sermon. <laughs> Proverbs 13. Four. Proverbs 13, 4. Lazy people want a little sleep. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. A verse says that a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms. And so shall thy poverty come like an armed man. Hallelujah. An armed robber comes to your house uninvited, unannounced. Amen. Number five. Seek encouraging surrounding. Encourage yourself with people who are encouraging people. How many know that not every friend of ours is encouraging? Not every relative of ours is encouraging. There are some people who are not encouraging by nature. You know, so when you want to do anything good, don't, don't, don't discuss it with them. They will discourage you before you start. Uh, I am thinking of building a house. <laughs> you, <laughs> please. They haven't said anything. But that has aborted the baby before the baby was born. But when you spend time with a lot of positive people, you become positive. When you spend time with a lot of encouraging people, you become encouraged. When you spend a lot of time with people who are going somewhere, you go somewhere. Hallelujah. Avoid spending time with losers. Tramador or tramol users. Alcohol abusers. There's a bench. There's a bench 
there's a bench near my workplace. And every lunchtime when you get there, you see about three people. One will be like this. <laughs> Not moving. Then you see another one like that. Not moving. I see another one like ah, no move. Anytime I get, I go to a mall. It's killing our youth. <laughs> see, if you, if you, these are your best friends, you are not going far. You will be sat on the bench. Amen. Number six. The outcome of the gift must glorify God first. Amen. Whatever the gift is, understand that your gift is not just for you. Amen. It must glorify God. Amen. Number seven. Grace. Someone say grace. Grace. Second Timothy 2 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says that you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. Somebody says, How can I be strong in the grace? Learn to depend on God. Learn to trust in God. Learn to pray to God. Learn to fast. That is becoming strong in the grace of God. Because when you pray, it means that you know that you cannot do it by yourself. It means you know that you need God's assistance. It means that you know that this thing, if I depend on the arm of flesh, it will fail me. So let me depend on God. Be totally dependent on God. Amen. Mr. Mrs. Nyantichi, be dependent on God. You cannot do marriage by your own intelligence, by your own romantical. Uh, it, no, 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 no. I don't care how many romantic novels you have read. It will not help. Are you with me? It will not help. What you need is the grace. Am I talking to somebody? Learn to learn. Even don't think that you love him or you love her. Because your love will fail. Are you understanding what I'm saying? What will never fail is the grace of God. To love, you need the grace. Amen. Amen. See, she's beautiful now. You see her legs. Ooh, I like her legs. One day you may look at that, those legs and mm. not, 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 not. It will take grace to look at those same legs and say, powerful. Uh, okay. You, you look at those legs, and the legs will look so beautiful. The most beautiful legs ever. 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 They say beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. So ask God for grace so that you continue to see the beauty of that person. Throughout the changing seas of life, you will see the beauty. You keep seeing the beauty of the person. It takes grace. I say it takes grace. It takes grace. Otherwise, you look at them. Mm. Lord Jesus, help the Lord. <laughs> Listen. One, two, three. To the back. I am preaching. They are also preaching their own messages amongst themselves. And they are sitting right in front of me. Hallelujah. Listen, it's time to go home. See, when you see them, you think that they are holy people. Hallelujah. 
Number five, where am I going? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says, And as it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, judgment. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, 37, For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man exchange, give in exchange for his own soul? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says that, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Amen. I pray for you and I pray for me that we will know the times we live in and fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. Let our lives not end in vain, let our lives be rich. Let our lives be prosperous. Let our lives count for something. And at the end of the, the, our life, when we finish, let us hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Stand to your feet.